Hey everyone, this is the I Have No Idea What I'm Doing podcast, a show about women doing business in Africa. And I'm your host, the chief of not knowing, Paula Rogo, um, based out of Kenya. Today is August 18th. Y'all, this past week, whew, was one of those weeks that just rocked my world so hard. It was the type of week where I was questioning my very existence (laughs) to be dramatic, but it's true. You know, there's just some things, milestones that happen that just rock you. Well, I had one of those and it was to the point where I had to like clear my schedule to take a step back and just consider myself. It was one of those. And I'm still rocky and shaky and licking my wounds, but I, I had to show up for the pod. I had to show up today. And in order to do so, there's a quote that got me through the really worst part of last week. And it was about following your instincts. And I've talked about this before. Obviously, this is an issue for me. I listen to Oprah in general, but when I start like listening to Super Soul Sunday and reading her books, that's when you know, Paula has reached a new level. And that was me these last few days. And I was listening to Oprah, a Super Soul Sunday episode, where she talks about your body and the world is always whispering to you. And the, her concept was that if you don't listen to the whispers, it will eventually become a nudge and then it will become a shout and then eventually it will knock you out if you're not listening, right? And she was telling you to always listen to the whispers. And there was a particular whisper that I've been ignoring for some time that eventually knocked me out. And man, I really ignored that that particular <laughs> those particular whispers and I'm still even beating myself up about it Um, but I'm really happy to show up here today like I always say this is one of my favorite parts of the week and thank you all of you for listening to the last two episodes that was just me solo dolo uh, talking about the mistakes I'd made with my business in the last two years so I hope that helps someone somewhere one day I don't know this goes into the ether and sometimes I don't know who's listening or what but I hope this one day helps someone and before we jump into today's content for the episode I wanted to share something that I was thinking about. I'm actually thinking of teaching a course, an online course on podcasting and everything you need to know to go from basically zero to your trailer or at least your first episode. It's been in my spirit to want to work on it. Um, And I don't wanna just teach a class about podcasting. I really want to, you know, I, how I feel about women and women entrepreneurs. So I think I, I would actually like to cater this course to you, you, the listeners, um, women who are entrepreneurs or have businesses or side hustles. I want to teach you how to develop a podcast as part of a marketing tool for your business or for you or for whatever expertise you have, because this is one of the strongest digital marketing tools out there that people are not using 
in Kenya or even in Africa. And I really want to show you how you can do that. So basically, this is a course that would take you from zero to a trailer of your podcast. And then along the way, I'd help you gain the con- confidence and the skills to create, record, edit, and release the podcast with the tools and production plan that's necessary for success. So yeah, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Ugh, I'm saying this on the fly, but if you're interested, can you actually email me Info at Kali.media. That's I-N-F-O at K-A-L-I dot media. And the the email will also be in the show notes. And just get back to me if you let me know you're interested. And if enough women are into it, I'll put something out there and produce something for you. And so tell a friend as well, anyone who's interested in podcasting, um, this is something I'm thinking of doing. Okay, so this week... I'm excited to get into it this week. This week, we're back with a new interview, and it's an interview with an old friend of the podcast. And anyone who's listened to all the episodes know this person, because I'm speaking with Pato Kello, who I call the queen of connections. Among the many things she does, here's a list. She is the founder of Willart Production, which is a graphic design company um, that's been around for 20 years. She's the founder of Conference in a Box, which is an events company. She's the co-author of A Candid Handbook for Women Doing Business in Kenya. She's the creator of Candid Conversations, Circles for Women in Business. This is a very popular meetup for businesswomen and entrepreneurs in in Nairobi. And then lastly, of what I'm willing to talk about today, because she does so much more, she's the founder of Kayana, which is a hub and community of female entrepreneurs of abundance that come together to move their businesses from ideation to startup. Why did I bring Pat back? Like I mentioned, I interviewed Pat in season one and I interviewed her. If you want to go listen to it, it was a mini episode. So episode five and a half. I first connected with her when I was still living in the U.S. and considering moving back to Kenya. And then she released this book, a candid handbook for women doing business in Kenya. And I was thinking of starting my own business and moving back to Kenya. And here was someone who had put together a blueprint. I was like, I need to connect with her. She was very nice enough to send me the book. And then it was my first interview ever for the podcast. And so when I moved back to Kenya, we connected. and, And she's been a great friend and mentor since then. When I interviewed her, she had just released the book. But in the years since, and it has not been that long, she launched the Candid Conversations events that I mentioned, as well as Kayana, the hub and community that I also mentioned in, I think in the span of two to three years. I wanted to talk to her because Pat is an idea mammoth. She comes up with great ideas, but even better, she is an execution queen. And that's what this episode is about. It's about learning to be authentically yourself in business and how doing so ultimately leads to strong execution and a strong ecosystem of brands like the ones that she has. And she's just someone who, when I see how she manages and and handles her businesses, I would really love the work that I'm doing to look like that years from now. And you'll notice my admiration dripping throughout this episode. 
And thank you again, Pat, for being on my podcast. I really appreciate having you. You're welcome. I'm really honored to be here a second time. Yes, I'm really excited to talk today. Since we we last talked, you've had some major business moves, including the Circles for Women in Business, as well as Kayana. Why don't you tell me at least about the Circles for Women in Business and Kayana and how those ideas for each came about? Um, I also needed to have listened to our last interview to know exactly at what point we were speaking. But if it was before the book, then we did not have a book launch per se, like the usual way that people launch books, Mm -hmm. simply because I'm extremely introverted. And the idea of me standing in front of an audience and cutting a ribbon and launching a book and all that razzmatazz just wasn't... I didn't resonate with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I'm so strong on authenticity and being your authentic self, I, I just felt that I wouldn't excel. It may be a nice event, but I it wouldn't really pass the real reason behind us uh, doing the book in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I did not bend to the pressure of many of my contributors in the book where we for a book launch, which did not happen. Mm-hmm. But in September of 2017, when we were bang in the middle of, you know, preparing for an election, mm-hmm. etc. I had somebody who had received the book um, decided that, you know, Patricia, we really need to host this. We need whatever you want. If you don't want to launch, you need to do something around the book. And she encouraged me to kind of like, you know, um, visualize the kind of event that I felt would be um, appropriate for the book. And of course, I was thinking intimacy and can they go together? Mm. So perhaps maybe 25 women in a room and speaking about the, you know, our different business journeys uh, would be great because if it's a small crowd that people would be able to be authentic and true to themselves. But as it turned out, when the invites went out, um, we got uh, over 50 women responding. Mm. And um, that was really the birth of um, kind of conversations. So we had around, I think it was maybe 57 women attend. And um, yeah, that was the start of this journey of Circles Women in Business that I call a movement now. We invite um, women in business to tell their authentic stories from a particular point of view. So it could be around finance, it could be around branding, it could be around the fact that they are, you know, maybe single women. It could be just we, we take one focal point and kind of like create the story mm-hmm. around that. And then after that, we, we take a break midway through the event around 8.30 and then we then go into smaller circles. So there's a real hunger for authentic meetings. We're very, very intentional about our networking because that's how we grow um, our businesses. But the more people you have on your contact list, mm-hmm. the you know the more like the more customers you're you're able to generate from that. So we're very very serious about that that part of the funnel when it comes to networking. The first time I went, I got a client and a job <laughs> out of that wow. event. I did. I don't know if I've ever told you that, Pat. I actually yes. now that I think about it, um, there's really a lot of opportunity. Of course, you're there to learn, but also to, to really actually mm. genuinely network and um, in an authentic way. And I love that you brought up the word authenticity. Can you speak on finding authenticity within the work that you're doing? So, uh, Paula, I was one of these girls who never felt that they fitted in. I don't know. You know, the feeling of um, a clique or a group 
or let me put it this way. Whenever I felt that I was trying to be somebody else is when my confidence was at its lowest. Mm. But when I was myself and only measuring myself against, against me, I felt that I had a lot of confidence going into whatever I was doing. So I've, I've really, I felt that I really leaned into my authentic self when I was in my late uh, 30s. Mm-hmm. And from there was no looking back from there. And um, I only saw the story where I was. I went to for a training for entrepreneurs at Babson College in Boston, mm-hmm. and one of the the ladies who was a professor was leading the class and talking about why it's important for women to bring their full selves into the room. So now I had a PhD professor from Babson mm-hmm. saying everything that I had deeply believed mm-hmm. is important for women to embrace, and she had, of course, the data and statistics as to why. It's important for us to bring come into the room with the fact that we are struggling with, you know, our children, our babies not sleeping, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those things that we tend to say as corporates, let's, as corporate women, we leave them at the door so that we can come and do our job. And then when we're done, we'll pick up all the trash that's at the door and go home with it. And she was like, no, sometimes you really need to come into the room and say, I'm actually in a state of complete disorientation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is where I am, but it doesn't mean that whatever I'm going to deliver is of less value. Mm-hmm. And we felt that she, through her presentation, told us how women uh, lead in this. This is actually the new way that women are leading. Mm. And we've seen it now with the uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand going to, you know, Parliament, being pregnant first and then having her child and going to uh, Parliament with breastfeeding a child. And we're seeing how she's leading now during this COVID season. So there is another way in which women can excel and lead, but it requires us to be true to ourselves and true to our womanness. When you are authentic, then the confidence begins to come on board. And then from there, you start taking, speaking up Mm. in large groups and eventually leadership positions. So it's all part of the journey to, uh, for women in business. While um, the candid conversations was growing and expanding in a very organic way, you decided to start Kayana. Um, can you explain what Kayana is? Uh, Kayana being, as you know, the names of my two, two eldest children, Kaya and Diana. Mm-hmm. And that's really what birthed what I call the premier community for women in business in Nairobi. If you recall from the journey of the book, the idea has always been to bring together uh, female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So what happened was that uh, we already got proof of concept in terms of the, there was a real need for women to gather and come together. Meanwhile, of course, I've been in business. This is my 20th year that I have been running without Productions, which is my design firm. Mm-hmm. And Concepts in a Box, this is our eighth year as an events, um, a corporate events company. And we had invested a couple of years ago in a space that was now being handed back to us by uh, the contractors. Mm. And um, at that time, when I looked around Nairobi, I found that the space, the real estate market is really, can I say, saturated. So we knew, I mean, getting a a tenant perhaps wasn't really the route to go. So one night, literally, I went to bed and on, we were going to get the keys in maybe two weeks' time. And I thought, we have a space where we can get um, these women together. Why don't they meet in this space that now belongs to me? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, fine. I thought about it. I remember waking up, writing in my notes and uh, my notebook next to my bedside, the idea, and then going back to bed. And so I developed the idea further that day and decided, let me come and pitch it to my husband, who's also my business partner. And he was like, you know what, Patricia, go for it. Um, I'm happy to, you know, to support you where I can. Mm-hmm. We opened our doors um, on in April, 
end of April of 2019. Mm-hmm. And we currently have, the, the community is over 500 women and paid, paid up membership of around 100 women. And it's a beautiful, very, very beautiful space. And so for me, Pat, like when I think about um, the book and then I think about Candid Conversations, which are these, this event that grew out of the book. And then I think about Kayana, which then grew out of the events and the book. Of course, there's like a through line there. You've basically created two and more businesses from an initial book, an initial need. But how do you keep coming up with these ideas and where do they come from? That's a good question, uh, Paula, because it's something that I try to to really encourage <laughs> women and uh, to do. So the first thing is, and I always say it as a, an entrepreneur, is that you are trying to meet a need. Mm. So you, you you cannot say that I'm just doing something for the love of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, if it's intrinsic, then it's art, mm-hmm. right? Then yeah. you can display it somewhere and that's it. But if you're trying to build a business around something that you love, then it has to be meeting a need. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you are making beautiful quilted blankets because you love to do it, yeah, but want to earn a living from doing that, then you have to be open to listening to the other opinions on mm. the product that you're creating so if you fall in love with it so much that you're not willing to listen to anybody then you'll only have you on every christmas or every birthday you'll just be send, sending them out as gifts because nobody really resonates with the product yeah mm. so one of the things that i'm very that i learned very early is to uh, receive feedback some mm. people call it criticism um, to learn to receive it however painful mm. it is yeah mm-hmm. so we're all here I believe we're all creative beings yeah some of us are scared of saying having you know of creating something because you're scared of it being rejected yeah. so I don't suffer from that disease too much mm-hmm. yeah I mean of course I'll be wounded if I create something that I love and nobody loves it but if I'm really interested in solving a problem then it's really really important for me to be able to receive um mm-hmm you know, feedback. So I learned that quickly and early in my life to that I'm not perfect and nothing that I'll produce will be perfect, but that doesn't stop us aiming for excellence, yeah. you know? So I continue to aim for excellence, but for me to aim for excellence requires me to listen to what the market is telling me to do. So that's a big thing for me because I find many, many people any criticism is about they feel about your product is about you and being unable to separate the two will prevent um, growth. Having said that, as you begin to now receive criticism and receive, listen to the market and listen to what the, the market is telling you, you'll find that there's a lot of need. You're an entrepreneur, remember? Mm. You're a creative. So as you journal and take the, the, you know, listen to what people are saying, you'll be like, you know what, I can actually solve that need really, really easily actually i know the solution of that need so you'll create the solution it doesn't necessarily mean that you will then build a business around that but you want to take that give that solution to the market mm. right for them to solve to solve the problem so mm. for example and in packaging and branding if i'm talking to um, a woman who's doing pickles and she's like oh my gosh i can never seem to get the you know this packaging done right it's such a struggle and i'm like oh my, i actually know this is what i do for a living i'll connect you 
or I'll look for somebody who can actually solve your problem for you. Mm. And if I find there's a business opportunity in that transaction, I don't think about that first. Um, I'm like, let me solve the problem. Let me hear the feedback. For example, what you told me about circles. I know, okay, you mean people can actually meet and do business there. Mm. Then I think, is it something that I want to monetize or is it something that I just want to continue to give? Um, you know, as value to to the community. So that's, I think, is around, is why I keep, you know, creating a product. And I believe this is something that everybody can do. If yeah. they put, they remove themselves from the equation, you know? It's yeah. not about Paula, it's not about Pat. It's about this customer and it's about this need and somehow connecting uh, the two together and then seeing, okay, fine, is there an, opp- an opportunity for me? Yeah, it sounds like it's like problem solving first, right? Because yes. for the book, the problem was there was just not one a one stop shop for women to find information about business, right? And then mm-hmm. the gr- candid conversations was there was not a one stop meeting space meeting opportunity for women um and then kayana was there was not a one-stop meeting space (laughs) for women in business and and so so and that was a problem that you've solved each of the way through but i also like what you said about feedback so how 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 do you collect feedback what does that mean is it surveys is it talking to people what is collecting feedback for you research is extremely extremely important so you can use there's so many tools you can use including just random i'm always doing whatsapp polls and i have a whatsapp group yes. of about 149 entrepreneurs and i'll constantly just you know said what do you guys think of this do you, what are your, the tools you're using for X, Y, Z? And that's quick, immediate mm-hmm. um, response. And then you can build up the idea around that. Mm. So you have to, I, I don't know any business that can survive without, you know, some method of feedback from your consumers. You have to have to, that's just integral. Mm. For example, before we had our first candidate, I actually did a survey monkey and sent it out to around maybe 180 women who, who responded and to figure out what topics are the most popular pain points for mm. women in business. And um, some of them, you just repeat them, like finance and cash and money. You just, that one you can do even four or five times because it was top of the, of the, um, of the feedback that we got. Mm. So that's one way in, in ensuring that the content that you're giving is relevant. So that's one way I, we've done it in circles. Um, I'll tell you something about uh, bad feedback you'll get immediately. <laughs> yeah. But good feedback <laughs> sometimes is really hard to come by. Yeah. yeah. And um, sometimes you just need to know what you're doing right so that you don't change, you know, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh-huh. And sometimes you need good feedback in order to continue to build on or continue to deliver um, consistently a good product. So bad feedback tends to come in whatever form. Sometimes it's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes somebody sends it, they will just tell you, man, Patricia, I didn't like this about this event, yeah. da, 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 da. But good feedback that is integral in building a brand, um, you sometimes have to reach out and get it from your consumer. But you have to, you cannot be scared of asking. Mm-hmm. You just need to be ready for whatever's going to come. I want to talk to you about, because the main reason I was like, I have to talk to Pat again is, is execution. Do you have a process for executing ideas so my background is in graphic design Mm -hmm. and um, graphic design is literally taking complex complex ideas and simplifying it Mm -hmm. visually Mm -hmm. for people to read on the fly Mm -hmm. you know and to understand on the fly Mm -hmm. so my mind is already in that space of 
if there's a complexity, how do we simplify it mm. and um, deliver it to market? So, yes, my idea is like during this COVID season, I must have had minimum, Paula, maybe 30 <laughs> ideas. Yes. Minimum. <laughs> Probably daily. Um, Seriously. Because you, yes, you zooming through my mind. <laughs> um, but I tend, tend to, if one keeps coming back, you know how you're like, this one, this one is coming back. Yeah. I, and I write, I journal and I write a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a notebook. I have like maybe three different notebooks. So I'm constantly, um, you know, distilling information and putting it into um, my notebook. If I don't have a notebook to write, I'll quickly write it on my phone and revisit it. Mm-hmm. So I tend to see. So you tend to see a pattern. Um, and there's an idea forming, you know, and mm-hmm. as it forms, the solution begins to come about. And you'll find that every time you meet somebody in that space, you will be asking interrogative questions to build mm-hmm. on this idea mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then uh, um, as a creative you then begin to form the solution to whatever the problem is so yes there is a process that forms but one of them is as simple as writing them down okay a mm-hmm. and then secondly i then become read ferociously on that topic mm. you know i will read i will read and i will read i will read from authors that uh, from blog posts to newspaper articles that I've seen, you know. And as I said, there's no new idea under the sun. So there's mm. somebody, with your idea, there's definitely somebody in some place in Antarctica who's executed it. Yeah. And uh, you can learn from their mistakes, you know. Mm. <laughs> and then now localize it for our market. So, um, I mean, you have to, there's no luck involved, yeah? It's, yeah. It's, there's, it's a science. I mean, so you have to do, you'll do your research. You will then read up on the topic as much as possible. You will speak to people who are actually doing the work and on the ground are working on it, and then now you'll produce the product. So that process remains the thing. Mm-hmm. But it depends on now an individual, how much sampling do you need? So how much, how many books do you want to read on that subject? Do you want to become a PhD mm-hmm. in, you know, whatever, organic farming, for example? Do yeah. you really want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to aggregate people who are experts within that, that, that industry and now read a little bit of what they have done and then move on, on to the next part of your on your plan. So I'm like that. As I said, I'm not a perfectionist, mm-hmm. so I don't wait for things to be perfect before they come to me. I put an over that. And it's a thing that I encourage anybody who wants to do something new, get over it because you are going, it doesn't matter how perfect it is, you will fail. Mm. It'll go pear shaped. <laughs> you oh. will be embarrassed. Oh, don't, don't say that. Get but over it's it. so true. <laughs> um, you, you kind of like begin to understand that there's nothing like perfection. Mm-hmm. You can prepare and you can prepare for eventualities. But and in that preparation is what where the perfection now begins to come in. Oh, the excellence, let me put it. Yeah. So that a client would be like, oh my gosh, it went wrong, but did you see the speed at which they responded? Yes. You, you yeah. understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not beholden to uh, perfection. I, um, I'm, I, what I strive for is excellence. And for me to bring an excellent product to market, I have to have done the work to the best of my abilities. Okay. You know, at the time it comes to market. And then I'll open your ears, open mm-hmm. feedback, mm-hmm. and keep improving on it. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is, First of all, journaling is key for when the idea, those young when the idea is young, just journaling or yes, writing yeah. things down, um, and then just when this is my favorite part, the research because you're just reading everything mm. and anything mm. about it. Um, surround yourself with people who are um, experts. So, and I think also, so what does that mean to you? Do you just reach out to people? And how do you reach out to people? Do you just say, hey? Paula or 
I've never met you. Can we meet? How do you, how do you go about that? <laughs> so that's something that I learned quickly when I was doing the book is I needed entrepreneurs um, to kind of like trust me with their stories. Mm-hmm. So I got, I started, I found a kind of like a formula in, you know, when you're talking to a stranger, or you're, you know, usually what you'll do is, for example, because you've done your research, right? You, you will know who to, who, which organizations or individuals you'd like to approach. Yes. And usually I use the rule of six degrees of separation. Usually and that's exactly what it is. You put it out there. Does, and could anybody do an introduction to because mm. yeah. someone always knows someone you, somehow, some way. Someone always knows somebody. I'll give you an example. For example, example, I I had a, there was a certain author, um, certain book I had seen on Instagram that I really really wanted to read, but it wasn't available in any of the shops here, and it wasn't available on on um, Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it was a South African author. So after maybe a couple of months later, I I just thought, you know, let me send a message out to one of my South African mentors, actually. And we were just chatting, we had booked a call, a coaching call. And um, at the end of the call, she said, okay, so is there anything else that you like? And I said, yeah, actually, um, there is this book um, and I, this author, and I know she's South African, and I'd like to... I'd really like to have a couple of copies available locally um, out of Kayana. And she was like, oh, sure, I know her. She, I mean, I sit on her board and da 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 <laughs> And uh, I'd love to, I mean, our call has come to an end, but I'll reach out to you so you can give me. And immediately she understood what it is I was trying to do. She just sent an email um, to, to the author who responded honestly within two minutes. Mm. She had sent an email and she was so happy to be coming to Nairobi to see clients and came with a couple of the books, which we then sold out of Piana. You'll find that somebody is willing to, you know, do the intro uh, for you. So you have to have a backing of your word. Eh? Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> In many ways, you have to be an executor. Yes. Because if you're going to ask for such a high level you know, intro and then you mm-hmm. don't do anything on it, then it's also, it reflects badly on the person who introduced you. Yeah, because yeah. your reputation, your word is your sure. calling card always at the end of the yeah. day. You mentioned that the lady you talked to was a mentor. And um, I don't know why I was surprised that you have a mentor. But of course, it makes sense that you would have a mentor. I don't know why. For me, you're just you're fully formed as you are with wisdom <laughs> and everything. It's not even possible. <laughs> I, I know. It's, just the ad, it's admiration. It's admiration. Um, can you speak a little bit to the mentorship or the coaching what do you get out of that relationship so i remember i told you that women we do things we learn different we lead different rather mm-hmm. um and this is leading on to that because we lead through a nurturing environment then having a mentor or a coach is a prerequisite to leadership because that is mm-hmm. just naturally mm-hmm. how we lead right mm-hmm. I, because I come from a place of extreme abundance mm-hmm. and I, I just believe there's just more than enough resources in this world for every single individual. Mm-hmm. If we could only believe it, then we, and we would see it happen. I go into many relationships in the same way. Um, I've been very, very, very fortunate to have been introduced to some very accomplished women in an international platform. And um, as a result of being authentic as well, you know, um, you find that some of them are are drawn to helping you. Mm -hmm. For example, when I was nominated for an award in Florida known as Enterprising Women, it was one of my mentors who I had met in a cafe in Amsterdam. And she came with her assistant. Mm -hmm. And as a result of the conversation I had, the assistant was busy taking notes. I was just jabbering away. 
she then saw an opportunity. She probably saw that, you know what, this girl is missing. She is missing international experience or for her to be affirmed on an international platform that what she's doing is actually relevant to the world. Mm. And immediately told me, I'll send you an email. You need to fill it up immediately. You get it. And it's and she didn't say much. So when I received the email, it was an application for this uh, event, which I did. I, she opened it up specifically for me, sent it out, and I actually got the confirmation that I had been one of the. I would be. I actually met the the criteria to um, to be part of the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. The next year, I found myself in Florida, and that experience in Florida set me on the journey of a candid handbook for women doing business. Mm. So sometimes these people see ahead mm. <laughs> where we're second guessing ourselves and we don't, you know, we don't, they know that you have all the tools. She knew that if I just had the opportunity to go to Florida and for these three days with these billionaire women who were at that conference, mm-hmm. that it was not going to be a wasted opportunity. So mm. she was willing to talk to the person who was the organizer and say, hey, I have this young girl and I think that she will, you know, this event will be of value to her in the stuff and the plans that she wants to, you know, she, she has in place. So, so you need a, you need somebody to see that part of the journey for you. Mm. You need it to be somebody of abundance mm. who's not like, why should I help you? Because you come and compete with me in this space. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that, that's the whole, where the network of supportive women who are just a phone call away, just a Zoom call, a Skype call at that time, it was all about Skype away. Excuse me, it's extremely important. So what I'm hearing you say is that... Sorry, just let me interrupt. There's something that came to my mind. Yeah. And I always like to mention this. Yeah. Because when people are looking for um, mentors, they and I think I've told you this, Paula, before, they don't realize that the mentorship process is driven by the mentee yes. and not the mentor. Right. So the initiative always has to come from the person who's desiring to be mentored. Mm. So, yes... Why somebody may say, Paul, I'd like you to be my mentor. You'll be like, fine. But it's not the onus. It's not on you to keep reaching out to them. Yeah. The onus is on them to reach out to the mentor. Yeah. And from there is where the, the relationship. And that's not to say that both don't learn from each other. But it's just such that a mentor is usually very busy also on their own life journey yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and what sure. you're trying to do is to plug to plug into it yeah just to quickly go back to execution when when you've done the research and you've gotten over yourself in terms of trying to be perfect um when do you actually hit like go so, so um i'll give you one of the one of the, the products that we just launched recently is in an area that i have no experience in which is really health and medical the medical field um and so i had this idea in my head coming from my own experience of you know my experience of dealing with health practitioners be it a doctor or when you're going for tests or even just an ophthalmologist or whatever and from a client's point of view and i felt that that the technician if you want to call them the doctors or whoever don't really understand don't really think through their interactions with us as patients right mm-hmm. so i felt that that i wonder if i could do something around the communication around that area i think there's something that i that is to be said and so i started um asking people you know help um like doctors i remember calling a a, a surgeon and saying well i'm thinking of doing this da, 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 da. do you think there's a need for that and um Initially, he was just like, uh, no. And I'm like, really? If you, the one thing that doctors don't have is time. And, and you know, you keep telling him you're getting them to think through the idea. And through that process, 
um, I learned I learned how this product was going to go to market. So by talking to five, six, seven doctors, mm. I realized, okay, this is the route to market for this product. But the thing is, after every call, they would ask, Patricia, that's fantastic. When can I get it? So they kept putting me, <laughs> putting a deadline on me. So sometimes creating deadlines mm. um, is important. You know, you have to keep your word and the others will say I'm some charlatan who's coming up with some fake stuff, mm-hmm. which I can't afford for them to think of me because I know I will need this number and this call, this <laughs> this conversation, you know, I'll need to talk to them again. So I can't kill that relationship. Mm. So sometimes you need the thing that's going to push you to the fire, you know, to get it out there in whatever form or whatever state it's in. And believe me, people are, can be very cruel, but people can actually very be very forgiving because even if you take... <laughs> bring something that's not half big to the market, but the next thing you bring is an improvement of that last thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You'll find that uh, people are, yeah, yeah, I see where you're going. I see you took my feedback seriously. I see you're improving on it. So you have to set in- internal deadlines for yourself. You have to say, by the 1st of January, 2021, I need to have produced three publications, you know? You need mm-hmm. to, and that becomes now the goals with which you're, you're bringing products to market. The book, for me, the book is a business. So the book, of course, uh, mm-hmm. Candid Conversations, mm-hmm. Kayana, and then yeah. all these other things that are coming up that you've hinted at. What does your daily routine look like? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just for perspective is, um, so Winner Productions is a design and production house, yeah. right? So we are constantly producing publications, even for other people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So it was very, in terms of Candid Handbook for Women Doing Business and all the magazines that were producing, uh, Kayana News, um, Private Practice, um, Family Matters, you know, Family Business, all those are all produced within well. content and within Willa Productions. Got it. Conferencing in a Box is a corporate events company. So if you want to have an event around these products, we will use our events company ah. to execute it, to, to, to run it. Mm. So they're very symbiotic, yeah? Everything <laughs> it's just connects. The product that the market meets, mm. it all connects. <laughs> With um, Kayana, if we're having events, it's our, our team, our content box team that is going to work, those, um, you know, work and, and we'll execute those events from suppliers to vendors. If there's any branding will be done, at, branding will be done at Willard. Willard. So that it's a complete uh. ecosystem. Wow. Within itself. So very, very intentional in that. Remember, if you do things that are just, you're being authentic to yourself, you also know that I'm not one to stretch myself thin. <laughs> Therefore, everything needs to be done within the same sector. Kenya Cottage Industry is the same. It's my, the same team that executes this event. Every team, every event has an event lead. And that lead will do all the work that pertains to that event and including which other teams are they working with? Who else will they bring on board? There's an event lead that is going to run that. So me as the boss or the leader or the founder mm. is just giving my vision and ensuring that this vision is being passed and being executed as per the vision that we have received. So if, as a, if, with that kind of a format, you can do very many things. You know, you, Remember, we're having almost yeah. 30 ideas per second. Yes. If you'd like. Yeah, you can run with them. You can know this one. I can put this team on it. It's viable. Yeah. You know, and it has a monetizing aspect so they'll be able to pay their bills with it. Yeah. You push on push on it. And also the good thing about it is seeing somebody else um, receive your vision and build on it and say, yeah, I get it, Pat. I can do this. I can do that. Talking to their own networks and ensuring that it, it happens. My mind is actually blown because basically 
everything you're doing goes under the two will art and conferencing in a box in one form or another. And that is so smart. That is genius. <laughs> it's so genius. And so, and so if I was to even go to say circles for women in the candid conversations and say, wow, this is so well run, you can say, oh, conferencing in a box runs this why don't you oh my gosh explosions sorry i've all (laughs) explosions in my head that is and we also use it as an opportunity to invite potential clients to see how we work how you work exactly wow 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 so um just to say how do i start my days yeah I'm an artist. There's nothing I hate like routine. Oh gosh. I thought you'd be <laughs> like, I wake no up at five formula. and then. <laughs> I have no formula. Yeah. But my day must have certain things in it. It must have a moment to meditate. Mm. It must have a moment to pray mm-hmm. and, uh, and some form of physical exercise to clear my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will, those things will definitely be entwined in a day because if I, I realize if I don't do that if I go a day without having spent some time you know reading my bible meditating I just feel it just it's, it messes up with the flow of how my thought process is it'll always be there in the corner Patricia you haven't done this yeah and if anything happens that goes according you know doesn't go according to plan it'll be like oh Pat it's because you didn't do these things you know so mm-hmm. I kind of like um ensure that ensure I do that I try to I've been slacking on my exercising. I walk a lot when I'm on a usual, when we were working, I have a, a personal trainer. So I have to train a minimum of at least 40 minutes in um, three times a week. Mm-hmm. And that has to happen. So I, my day has to end. So I have short days and I have long days. One of mm-hmm. my short days, my days end pretty early. I don't have meetings generally on those days because in order for me to make sure that I'm able to go and have a full 45 to one hour workout with my trainer. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, I'm, I work things around, you know, uh, my uh, I do things around my day. Mm-hmm. I'm more or less, unless it's a ch- my kids' school activities that maybe will disrupt that. Um, yeah, I kind of like will keep to that routine, so mm-hmm. to speak, and I enjoy it. That's why I don't, it doesn't feel like a routine to me. Mm-hmm. And then I try to make sure that I have an informal evening meeting at least once a week with either somebody I want to get to know a little bit more, mm-hmm. whether it's for business or whether I, I have a product that I feel that could help, whether it's a mentorship session or you know or an exploratory conversation i try to schedule at least one of those every single week mm. without fail okay and that kind of like grows your network and it's, it's easier for you to sell new ideas or things that you're working on because it has context because you've also connected with the person mm. at a, you know not just in an office or as a pitch yeah so i, I learned that that formula works for me very well because I'm, i like intimacy mm-hmm. and i like to remove people from the office or whatever and then we can have let's have a coffee at you know the club Mm -hmm. and that format works for me so that's generally i I would say if you want to know a routine that would generally be a routine spread out in five days because i only work five days in the week Mm -hmm. and um the weekend is now for family yeah excellent I was really fascinated about your relationship with your husband because you're both entrepreneurial. And how does his love and support play into you and your business and vice versa? How does your love and support play into his work and his business as well? So I I really, if you, anybody knows my entrepreneurial journey, they will know that I 
credit a lot uh, my husband into pushing me into business mm-hmm. sometimes very painfully giving up you know opportunities that I felt at that time were important and that I needed to do but his wisdom in seeing in terms of our relationship and in what he envisioned his life being mm-hmm. as a couple so we have a very very high high uh, respect for each other when it comes to our ideas um, one of the things people really feel scared to do when they're in business especially if you have a spouse who's in employment and you're in business mm-hmm. is that because they need to be an investor you're very you're really scared of failing because yeah. they're probably your first funders mm-hmm. and so you you kind of like he's it created an environment where failure is part of it so he i mean some of his investments in me were failed immediately you know yeah but it never came it was never brought up as a punishment or like you know instead mm-hmm. you're like no 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 we move on to the next one you know so that mm-hmm. encourages you as an entrepreneur to keep going so that open communication is extremely important and knowing that there's some things that are secret like you cannot bring in failure mm-hmm. of a project that you were doing into your relationship and also as an entrepreneur being able to know what risks i mean the level of risk that you're willing to risk for your family mm. you know you want, we hear many stories of entrepreneurs putting even the homes that they live in mm. taking loans against that um whether in secret or even together those are the things that really strain relationships so you have to know if this happens then this is it you know we yeah. will never you have to talk about it before it happens yeah, yeah? and hopefully stick to and hopefully stick to those the basic rules that you're putting in place. Uh, many times, even as a partner in the business, he never interfered with the operation, so we were never at in conflict. Mm-hmm. And at one point, when I really, really wanted him to come in and join me in the business, he just said, Patricia, I really do feel our relationship is of more value than me being involved, mm-hmm. you know, in this. So, you know, when somebody says that, and then you're like, okay, fine, I'll yeah. accept it. Mm-hmm. I'll try and soldier on, but he'll still play an advisory role. Mm. So communication is like everything, everything, yes. everything, everything. Thinking back to when you were first starting Willet Productions um, mm. over 20 years ago or 20 years ago, um, what are... Imagine yes, imagine. We, may we all get there one day. Is um, three tips you would share with yourself back then that would have helped you early on. Oh, that's a good one. I, the first one for me is I was just so fearful. Mm. Um, and I think that really dragged the process of growth. I was really, I was young. So, um, and then I'm very, I was extremely fearful of um, failing and, um, you know, people just producing a product and then getting feedback. I wish I had done that faster. I wish I had failed faster, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, I oh, allowed myself rather to fail faster. Um, the second thing I would certainly do less of and probably quickly is I is getting rid of um, fake friends. Oh. It's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, we as women tend to cleave towards you know, very comfortable. You don't want to, you know, this is my clique. This is an, a thing. This is an us thing. Mm-hmm. We're doing things together. But the reality is if in that in that clique of six or seven girls, everybody's moving at a different pace mm-hmm. and it can pull you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It can really pull you back, especially as an entrepreneur. So if you're in a group of women who you're only two entrepreneurs and the rest are in corporate, so that means that immediately we graduate from, from campus. They were busy. They got their company cars, their whatever. And you are still there really, you know, struggling. It can be very, very discouraging. Mm. And I would just say quickly, 
rid yourselves of you know that friend who you feel and sense that they're not really 100% for you yeah you need to release them quickly mm. <laughs> quickly mm. yeah, because it will it will become a hindrance as you advance in your your journey as an individual in terms of personal growth which will of course affect um you when it comes to business yeah, i would say just be brave enough to believe that you can make new friends even in adulthood yeah <laughs> you can it's possible it's harder but it's possible my third point is of course in terms of i talked about it is just authenticity mm. and you're not crazy pat you're not crazy to think that there's another way in which things are done it's not always you don't always have to follow the tried and tested path yeah yeah you don't yeah i just just believe having a, a high level of, of self-belief i would say there's no other path <laughs> yeah so it's okay to be a bit awkward and it's okay to be different and in fact embrace that because a lot of the times that is the opening formula um to, to you know to a successful life yeah love that thank you so much pat mm. now going into our my last segment uh which is called a new segment this year called i know what i'm doing and we'll talk just for a few minutes about something that you're great at doing and of course it doesn't have to do with work or business so if i was to ask mm. you pat what is one thing that you are really really good at how would you answer that question i'm a matchmaker <laughs> what? I think I I would really if people could trust me I would I would, I would yeah that's what I would do I think I'm I'm really good at connecting people really ah. really good at it and usually the connections work if people just could trust me yeah we've have had incidences of. Uh, of, of you know people who are hiring and I'm like that person is going to be such a bad fit for your organization <laughs> in fact he is the best fit <laughs> and not even within you know within months they'll just come in man you were right you yeah. were right you were right real I didn't I didn't lean into mm-hmm. into that skill set for what maybe just I don't know for whatever reason maybe I was just young and I didn't understand mm-hmm. but even just even bad relationships I just you know it's like oh my god I can just tell yeah this you know how you'd want to tell your girlfriend just walk away walk away <laughs> Or tell your boyfriend walk away, yes. walk away. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it's. I think with age, I'm more confident about it because sometimes you're like, oh, maybe it's just me. Mm-hmm. My insecurities. No. Mm-hmm. But now with time, I'm just like. I mean, I know it. I feel it, and you find five, six years later, somebody's like, oh, it was wrong from the beginning, and I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that. Mm-hmm. You know. Do yeah. you? Can you give me an example of when you've matched mate? Match made, not match made. Match made. No, actually, this is the one that is creepy, but I have to tell you this one. Okay. I have somebody who came to see me looking for a job, right? Okay. He he was told my nanny in the house actually that was her nephew, and she was just like, "Oh, Mama Kaya, please, you know, my nephew is looking for work. Tell him to come and see." I told him, "Tell him to come and see me on Tuesday, let's say next week or something like that." Anyway, the Tuesday of that week, he then comes to see me in my office, and I was really busy. I was completely distracted. But I was just like, okay, so what's your name? You know how you're just talking to these guys, trying to get a sense and feel of them because, of course, that's how I'm able to match people. Mm-hmm. And um, he then says, um, he said, I'm looking for a job. What job? Any job. You know how Africans are like, any job will <laughs> yes, do. And I'm job. like, no, my dear, it doesn't work like that for me. You have to tell me if you had an opportunity to do without your 
you know, your needs and the situation that you're in, what would you really like to do? Because I don't believe dreams are a preserve of the privilege. I think anybody can, should be able to dream. Mm-hmm. So he then says, you know what I would really like to do? I'd really like to be a mechanic. Honestly, mm. I would really, yeah. That's if I could choose a job, I wanted to work with cars and mechanics. And I was like, great, thank you very much. You've told me that. I'll be in touch. No sooner has he left my office, he hadn't even reached the gate. My, uh, my at the time, my um, the garage where I would fix my car, the owner had called me and says, hey, Pat, I'm really looking for, because he knows that I match me, I guess. <laughs> I'm really looking for somebody to join my team. I just want an honest guy, you know, mm. somebody who's not going to steal from me. Da, 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 da. Can you believe it? Honestly, I just told him, hold on. And I went to my window and I was screaming. Because I was saying, <laughs> I then get them to talk on the phone and they agree where they're going to meet, etc. And then I get the phone back and I'm telling you, I kid you not, to this day, that guy is not even my mechanic anymore because I concerned with him on other things. Yeah. But this guy still works for him. Wow. To date. <laughs> wow, wow, to wow. Date. Okay, then we now so know. A- <laughs> guy, everyone listening. <laughs> Call Pat. She's read this. We might as well start this matchmaking business now. Call her now. She knows someone. (laughs) Tell her exactly what you need. (laughs) I love that. Ah, Pat, mentor in my head. I appreciate you for always taking my calls, always being willing to meet with me, never thinking I'm crazy when I tell you an idea or something that I'm working on. Um, I just appreciate you. One of the my favorite people that I've met since I moved back thank you again for giving me your time and energy for the podcast thank you so much paula and just you keep doing what you're doing aiming for excellence i love it amazing how many times did i say wow in this interview (laughs) and could you tell there was moments where i was just in awe i was like gee i used the word genius i never used the word genius And I think that was because there were so many aha moments in this interview for me. She shared so much beyond the business. She shared about her um, communication and relationship with her husband and how that connects with the business. She shared, she talked about friendship. She talked about just life and balance. And so thank you, Pat, again, for being so open. And I look forward to interviewing you again sometime in the future, because you know, this is not your last time on this show. Um, And Um, A lot of things have been mentioned in the interview and even before that. Everything is in the show notes, so check them out if you ever need links. Also, um, I have a favor to ask. I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast if you're listening. If you've listened to more than one episode, you might as well go ahead and and subscribe. Also, forward it to a friend who might benefit from um, this interview because Pat shared a lot and I'm sure there's someone in your life who would benefit and that's it next week is a money matters episode so this is the once a month episode where we get to talk about money 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 the moolah and I can't wait to connect with you in the Facebook group it's slowly growing and I'm trying to put out more content in there can't wait to talk to you next week so be it see to it see to it